Hello and welcome to the Zwift, the SBS podcast. As the days get longer, I'm looking forward to riding the roads again, but I couldn't be happier with the work I've put in on Zwift over the winter to keep in shape. Having completed so many of their Fun is Fast event series, I know that when I venture back out onto the road again, I'm ready to climb mountains, push through fondos, and speed through intervals. And the workouts, they're all still available. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Get a free seven-day trial at Zwift.com. Right on. Bonjour, bonjour, buenas tardes, and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to this podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash cycling central, log a ride with our friends at Zwift. Uh, joining me is Dave McKenzie. How are you, Dave? Uh, I'm cold. Yeah, no. <laughs> We've got layers on. <laughs> We've got, yeah. So, something, it's a beautiful day outside. It's going to be 24 degrees yeah. in May. Melbourne, can you believe that couch peloton? But, but what, what do they do here? They decided here at SBS to test the air conditioning, and I'm sure they lost the key because it's jammed on full gas and, and it's minus 10 degrees. And it's actually, it feels this is the coldest room. The studio is the coldest room in the whole building. Oh, it's terrible. Look anyway, here, you got the winter got, bullies on. <laughs> I've got all the all the layers on. Anyway, joining us all the way for Canberra is Gracie Elvin. Uh, how are you, Gracie? Hi guys, good to be back. Um, I share your pain. I'm currently wearing UGG boots. Um, it was a beautiful day in Canberra as well, but my house is a little icebox. <laughs> I was going to ask you, uh, Canberra is known to get some pretty damn cool overnight lows. Uh, yeah, I guess you are absolutely hanging out. Well, we are. First day of spring. Yeah, absolutely. You must be just waiting for that nice weather to pick up. <laughs> Uh, it already has here, but uh, not inside, unfortunately. So I've been trying to spend <laughs> as much time outside as I'm allowed in the current restrictions. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, don't we all? Anyway, let's have a look at the uh, stage that we had yesterday in the Vuelta. And uh, Maka, take us through the last 700 meters. Yeah, this was a it was a bit of a crazy 700 meters, Gracie. That they made this left hand turn, and then we all thought, according to the race book, it was going to be a straight line sprint, but there were sort of corners all the way in, weren't there? Yeah, gosh, that was really the main thing I was thinking about when watching this stage. It was like another corner, another corner, another corner. It just, they just kept coming. And I don't know, I think that it's the Volatero, they tend to do tricky stages in this tour, much more so than at the Tour de France. But man, it must be so hard to get it right. Um, you know, Jakobsen pulled it off once again with, with the help of his wolf pack. But I actually think that Michael Matthews has had his best ride to date. How, what do you guys think? Do you think Michael managed to position himself a little bit better this time? Yeah, yeah it's funny, isn't it? I'm with you. And the fact that he was, uh, what was he, third on that stage? Yeah. That he that we think he should have won, or yep. you know that was his best chance. The, the with, one we the one that got away. The one that got away, with. Magnus Court Nielsen. But you're right; he actually did just about everything right um, on this one. I think he was Jakobsen's just quicker. Yeah, he's just a bit more of a purist, isn't he? And I don't think it would have mattered if Michael had been in front of Jakobsen in that last 150. Having said this, uh, we know Mike, Michael Matthews is not a pure sprinter. Yeah. And there was an interview of him just before the start of the stage where he was saying the tailwind, the way it's shaped, this is going to be a pure sprinter stage. So, that, like the writing was already on the book from the start, pretty much. Yeah? If he wasn't to break away, that was never going to be for Michael Matthews. No, no, totally. No, they sort of said, I mean, we, everyone talked, about it being the last chance yeah. for the sprinters like pretty much from here to the finish now the sprinters probably won't get their day um, yeah. and remembering we keep 
having to re- remind everyone the final stage is not around the streets of Madrid. It's an individual TT. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the, the winner here, Jakobsen. Uh, we see some, some celebrations here. Uh, yeah, pure sprinter, green jersey, is the leader, is the king of the sprint at the Vuelta. He is. Three stage wins, Gracie. He, um, he's the only one to do it. His comeback is more than complete, isn't it? And I asked the question of Matty Keane, and I'm curious to see what you think. Next year already, the discussions are going to be about, I think, who will go to the Tour de France for de Koenig. They haven't signed Cavendish yet. Surely this man is just giving himself the best sort of... Uh, uh, advertising for Lefebvre and the management at De Koenig to make him the number one sprinter for 2022? Yeah, probably. I hadn't even thought about it, to be honest, but it's a great question. And I really think that they would be looking at that young blood and Kev had his fairy tale year. Who knows if he's going to keep going? Probably will. But um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see who they take, but I can't imagine that they would look past Jakobsen as the, the up-and-coming uh, dominant sprinter in the peloton. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it, it is. A, look, it's a discussion. I'm really jumping the gun. No, sorry. <laughs> I'm looking months in advance, but um, yeah, Kino and I were chatting about it, I think off mic even, or maybe on mic last night. Kev can't really go, well, he, he could go somewhere else, but he's not going to get the success, yeah. is he? He wants to stay. So I think as the year comes, draws to a close and all the transfer discussions happen, I think uh, that will be the most one of the yeah. most interesting ones. 100%. Uh, let's have uh, listened to the person that finished second in that, uh, in that uh, stage. It's Jordi Mus. He explains really well how the sprint went on. Congratulations on this second place, though. When you crossed the line, you were really, really disappointed. That was a tricky sprint with these corners. Thanks, man. Tell us how you manage it. Uh, yeah, it was a really tricky finish. Um, but the team did perfect job, actually, whole stage. Uh, the last uh, kilometer, we lost each other a little bit, but I managed to stay in front. And um, yeah, in the end, it's seconds for me. I was in good position, but uh, I think I have to be honest, and I was just beaten by a faster guy in the end. We saw your disappointment after the line. You feel like you, you can win this Grand Tour stage. You feel like you have that inside you. Yeah, I have the feeling I can for sure be up there for the win. Uh, it's my first Grand Tour. I feel I miss a little bit of power in the deep final against these guys who are uh, already more Grand Tours and just more stage races in the legs. But uh, for sure, I feel I can be up there for the win, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. So as uh, Jordi uh, Meus. Uh, so, but the sprint was definitely for for Jakobsen. Uh, there's a couple of comments here that I just want to bring. Uh, Peter, I think apparently we are fence sitters, so let's not sit on the fence here. Uh, I who, like it on the fence. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's a nice view. It's a nice view. Uh, but question here on the nicest uh, one that he says is, uh, who is Jakobsen dominating? Uh, Why well, is he dominating pretty much the whole field because he's in green? Yes, the field is reduced because the others left. There's the world, uh, the world out there. But how do you rate Jakobsen? going forward and again you mentioned the fact that there will be probably a tussle with Cavendish in the finish oh, yeah. in, in next, next year yeah yeah I mean he's he's dominating he's dominating everyone mm-hmm. well here at least at the Vuelta um, what do you think Gracie I mean how does he we talk about you know the whole dynamics of De Koenig, but let's strip it away and talk about Jakobsen in the sense of where does he sit 
with the world sprinters, with Caleb Ewan, um, Dylan Gronewagen, who has sort of made his comeback to racing this year. Um, I'm missing a couple of others, but where do you think Jakobsen will fit once we see a full contingent of sprinters racing side by side? Unfortunately, we hardly ever get that proper lineup of all of them. Often they choose to go to the Tour de France or the Giro or the Vuelta. You don't get, you know, Caleb sprinting in the Vuelta very often, for example. He likes to stay in the Tour. I like to see sprinters, I guess, in two categories. You have the Sagans and the Chloe Hoskins and back in the day, the Robbie McEwens, which could scrap it, didn't need a lead out. They were just tactically great. They could read the finish. They could win sprints on their own. And then you have other guys that need that lead out. I'd put Bling in that category. He needs a better lead out. He's capable of winning sprints, but he just needs more support. And then when you have the combination of someone that can sprint well in their own right, and then they get that lead out, they're almost unbeatable. And with Jakobsen, he's got that great support in the finishes with quick step. And I'd like to see maybe one day if he gets caught out. Actually, this stage... He was kind of left a bit to fend for himself right at the end, but he certainly had a lot of support there in the last few kilometres. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting question, I guess, is like how would he stack up? But I think with this great streak at the Welter, he's going to get more opportunities. So, Maka, I guess, yeah, that's the, the question. Is he going to be able to get um, a, a variety of races to really prove himself in different um, kind of races. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, one is the, the two is the one, isn't it? For yeah. The and at the end of the day, it's not Jacobson's fault that the others have gone. Mm. Uh, first of all, and then Demar is still here as well, and he's dominating the whole FDJ as well. So uh, I think I think on face value, he's definitely dominating this Vuelta. There's, yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah. Uh, Demar's finished, mate. He's I know, I know. Up. He's old. He's, he's he was fifteenth or something last <laughs> night. <laughs> She's already. Like this is what I'm saying. That. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're in my point. Anyway, let's listen from Fabio Jacobson. Fabio, now it's a very happy birthday. Uh, well, uh, a birthday is always a good day. Um, but uh, I'm, uh, I'm over the moon with this win. Uh, I think this is uh, what we saw today: is the Wolfpack. Uh, I was dropped on the climb, the guys wait for me, they bring me back, uh, I win the race, uh, it was all because of them. Uh, the only thing I can do is do a short fast sprint and uh, yeah, they, they, they did everything else today. When did you realize you were going to win? You were always confident? No, I never, I'm never confident but I always try. Um, because if you don't try, you never win. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy and also I'd like to take, thank, uh, take this moment, this is my third victory, uh, to thank three people that were really important in my recovery back. It's uh, Professor Meyer from Nijmegen, the hospital, uh, Ivan van Mol, my doctor at the team, and uh, Cor van Wanrooy at home, he was my osteopath on my recovery back. So I'd like to thank those three, I love you all and uh, this is for you. Nice message to to the team that helped Fabio Jakobson to to come back to the to the leading position on on the sprint. Uh, I'm sure that those comments means a lot for the whole team, the whole team around him. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. It's uh, it's still a journey for him, obviously. Yeah. And, and you know he's hitting milestones as he goes, isn't he? And um, he, he said his recovery or his comeback was complete after the first win. Yeah. But it's always going to be there. 
uh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Okay, there was a breakaway before all this. Uh, it was a good break, too. Yeah. Yep. Do you think that, that breakaway could have had any better luck no. if it was done differently? No, I don't think so. Gracie, we've seen all this before, haven't we? It's the script. <laughs> the script is sort of written. I mean, they had, I thought they put up a really good fight. But the writing was sort of always on the wall. They they needed they needed a mini miracle at the end to stay away, didn't they? I think with this last opportunities for sprint stages, those sprint teams were going to do everything to make sure they didn't get it wrong. There's certainly been quite a few instances now of breakaways, you know, getting that little upper hand and actually winning races. And um, we've kind of coined it in the women's cycling, the Anna Kiesenhofer effect um, from the Tokyo Olympics win. And that's really been happening a lot lately in men's and women's cycling is that breakaway winning races, which is really cool. But I think at the level of a Grand Tour, they're not going to let those opportunities slip away. Yeah. 100%. Let's listen from Stan the Wolf from the breakaway. Well, Stan, tell us first the, the feeling, I guess. You st- Maybe you still have some adrenaline after, the, after what you have done on the, on the course. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a hard, uh, hard few days coming up and... Uh, it was a last chance for for the, the break for the breakaway in my case for for classic riders, and I tried in the beginning and then I saw we were with five guys and it was from the beginning we saw it was difficult, but we gave it a try. We we ride quite easy because the peloton had everything in his hands. I was quite I was happy then that the course was open on the on the climb, and I hope to have some some more guys with us. And then uh, there was one guy who was coming from uh, from Lotto, and I knew for the final it would be really, really hard. And uh, yeah, I, ho- I hope to get to get away uh, to to do good climb and get some with three guys in front. And then maybe we had a, still a small small chance, but uh, it was difficult today. I n- I never really believed in it, but I could I did I give it gave it a try because uh, the next two days uh, <laughs> it's nothing uh, a lot to do for me. There we go. Uh, he's that young guy. Uh, he's got a future. Yeah, I'll say you think that. So? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. He was. I thought he was brilliant. He was the last man standing. Yeah. So it was only. It was good reason that we we just had to listen to him then. But yeah, no, watch watch. Uh, a bit of a dad joke name. here, but it's funny. We're just bringing here Stan needed the wolf back. Oh, <laughs> see what you did, Kevin here. Oh no, oh no. Sorry, I'm sorry. We subject you to this, Gracie. Or, or I'm subjecting you to Christoph. Christoph actually thinks that it's funny. He likes it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> English is not my first language. Oh, you can't use that. You can't use that as an excuse. Anyway, uh, okay. So that was basically the stage yesterday. We have someone in red and still in red. Uh, let's talk about Odd Christian Aiken. Um, let's talk about him. Yes, in I'm red. Excited. The- to talk about him yeah so let's listen to him he, he goes back to how he's feeling right now and there's, there's a bit of a, there's some hints in there which i think is not just all gonna ha- all gonna finish anytime soon uh honest normally it's too hard uh, to survive against names like roglic and uh, others uh but uh i have been re- feeling really good now so i don't wanna i will of course try everything and i really i uh, hope i can surprise myself but I'm not uh, me and the team are not uh, surprised or disappointed if I lose it there we already already the Vuelta until now was a big success so yeah the last thing is uh, it's been really great so far we have a really strong team and uh, if it's one that's probably one of the my uh, strong side here uh, is a team we have a 
a really motivated and strong team. So uh, for sure we will try, but uh, to to stay with the jersey and to stay in GC, but. Uh, we know it's going to be difficult. Our best option uh, from the start was always uh, Louis Manches, but uh, I think uh, he still has a good possibility to finish top 10. And for myself, I hope I also won't lose too much time. But as I said before, if I do, uh, I'm not very disappointed. I, I have already had a really good Vuelta. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, amazing Vuelta for them, for that team. Uh, but what do you make of his chances tonight, tomorrow? And let's not go too much into the stage itself. But mathematically, it should be those two days that are very difficult for him today, tomorrow. Uh, can he hang on to the raid at some point today or tomorrow? And what will it take? It's a, very, it's a million dollar question. Oh. It is the million dollar question. He, he should have lost the jersey two days ago, Gracie, um, in that mountain stage. He didn't think he'd keep it. He should have lost it the day before that or two yeah. days prior to that. So the other night, I watched that that last mountain stage that Raphael Micah won. Um, and at one point over the Category 1 climb, and I thought this was a really key point, Gracie, and I'm keen to get your thought on this. There were two Mulvey Star riders left, Mus and Lopez, and there were five Intermarche riders left, including the red jersey. So... I I love to dream a little bit mm -hmm. about what could happen and I'm going to dream a little bit about odd Christian Eiking that he can go further. What do you think? I think if you're dreaming a little bit, then they'll be dreaming a lot at this stage. <laughs> They've done an impressive tour. It's been really cool to see not just one rider having a great um, welter, but a whole team. They're all kind of in it together. They've probably trained a lot together, which helps. But, yeah, he's climbing super well. He's got people around him to support him. Um, you know, he's got nothing to lose. It's a really big stage coming up tonight. Uh, I think Roglic's been trying to ride a bit under the radar. I think he's really saving it for this last half of a week left. So I think it's going to be fireworks tonight. Um, but I think Odd Christian Eichen's going to give it a red hot crack and just lay it all out and just ride every day as if it's his last day in red. Yeah, it's... and But if there's a breakaway, should he be in it? Who? It, who? Uh, the red jersey, Eichen. A breakaway? Yeah, if, no. if there's a breakaway, should they, he try no, to they, go in it? No, they won't let him. They won't let him? They won't let him go in the breakaway. But the other thing, too, I don't think they're concerned about him yet. They're, they're, well, they're, the, G, the, GC, the GC guys, yeah. yeah and I don't think Roglic, Gracie, I don't think Lopez, Mus, even Jack, maybe, are that concerned about Iking. And I think there's if he holds the red jersey after tonight, I think they'll start to get a bit concerned, don't you think? And they, they probably should. Definitely. I think tonight will be a real tester. If he's still there in red after tonight, they've got a lot to worry about. But I think that they're not worried yet. There's some pretty hard stages and climbs to come. Tonight has a couple of really hard climbs in it, especially the last climb. And we haven't really seen a proper battle royale yet between the GC contenders. There's certainly been moments where they've been testing each other, but I think they're really going to have to start playing properly now. Don't, yeah, don't you think they're worried about him right now? Why is that? Don't you think that they are, you know, Roglic knows the racing. Roglic already lost Tour de France's on you yeah. know, being meticulous. So, so is he, like, wh wh why are they not worried about him? What, what, or are they already worried about him? This well, is why they're not going to let him go. Yeah, I, I don't think they are, but maybe, maybe they are. Um, 
Yeah, look, I think I think they were they were impressed after that mountain stage yeah. that I just mentioned before. Even Bernal said the tempo was super high, and it was Intermarche that were setting that tempo. Remember, yeah. they're, they're the ones that that was the one day where they actually took control and actually had to sit on the front for I don't know the last fifty sixty odd mm-hmm. kilometers. Um, you know, they got as he said, and the team have said they got Rain Taramay himself. They got some strong guys on that squad exactly. who have come from bigger World Tour teams. Sure, they're maybe. Their best has passed them, but they're delivering their best right now, yeah. and their best could be good enough. And you know who's leading that pack is Valerio Piva, the the DS and DS of the year. I think so. Trophy's I think... still coming, um, <laughs> uh, Valerio. By the way, you, yeah, you can vote whatever you want, but uh, <laughs> Valerio Piva is DS of the year from what he's done with this team all across uh, the year. Let's listen to him because uh, I think he's not ruling out doing something mm. a bit special. I, <clears throat> I came in this team this year, so I hear a lot of things about him, uh, that he have a big talent and he had uh, unfortunately not the chance because of uh, illness and problem at the beginning of the season. But after uh, we meet again together in uh, Tour de Wallonie, where he was really in shape and he was telling me that he want to show in the Vuelta, his capacity and uh, already in San Sebastian World Tour race, he finished seventh. And then uh, in Arctic, he was second. So he came to the Vuelta really prepared and really in top shape. So he have, uh, he's a uh, modern rider. Uh, he's explosive. He's, uh, he can climb. He's, uh, he can take position. He's, he's good. So my discover for me is a discover because I I didn't know before, but for me is a good rider. He's a big potential. The question is, of course, now we we are fighting against the best in the world in GC, uh, and uh, we have the bigger mountain. So concentrated in three days, two days, three days. So that is the question. But we are. I think he is motivated to, to fight and the team also. So for me, he has potential, but we will see. We will see indeed. So a couple of things in this. First of all, how cool is Christian Aking when your boss is delivering that much you know, qualities about you? Well, you're, you're pretty happy you've got a contract next year. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, thinking, okay. Actually, actually, he doesn't want to talk about the contract about next year. Hey, Christian yeah, this was actually in the whole press conference where he was asked that question, what's about the contract about next year? And he said, no comment on this. Ah, okay. So there, maybe, I think there, there are discussions at a minute on this, but the boss is here telling you how good you are, how awesome you are. And I'm not ruling out the fact that they've got a couple of other tricks up their sleeve, this team. Yeah, I mean, he's the man though. Yeah. He's, he's the man. If anyone can run, I think, I think what's realistic is podium. Yeah. For odd Christian Ike, yeah. that, that should be something to shoot for. And it's, you know, he's got, because we've got to remind everyone and ourselves, he's actually got a one, one minute 50 buffer mm-hmm. on Roglic. Exactly. So it's not like they're on the same time. They actually have to take some, yeah. you know, a considerable amount of time on him. And Gracie, in what uh, Valerio Piva just said, uh, he mentions that uh, Akin came in super prepared to this Vuelta, all the way back from few races and uh, the Nordic races as well. He came here to do exactly what he's doing here is that part of the plan do you think 
For sure. I think if you're coming to a grand tour, you're going to be in your best shape possible. Uh, even the support riders these days, it doesn't have to be the Tour de France for the Giro or the Volto. It's one of their biggest targets for the year. And that's why you see if a, a big name crashes out, his teammates can also get good results because everyone is on form because it's really important. And you have to be on form to get through three weeks of racing as it is. It's so hard. So, yes, I believe that he's in his top shape. And it's, it is really nice to, to hear it from the director and someone that's been watching a bit longer than the rest of us. Um, Maka, though, I feel like I've, I've heard that similar voice before, that Italian director style speaking. It's almost giving me a bit of PTSD. I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's... Um... Yeah, it's look, it's intriguing at the very least. I but, think tonight's stage and tomorrow's is. But there's no, there's no doubt that Intermarché will remain as one of the biggest surprises of this oh, Vuelta already. He loses ten minutes tonight. Yeah, five minutes. You know, he, he drops down to twentieth. It doesn't really matter. But I, I would really love him to at oh, yeah. least run top ten. Yeah, I think he, he's he's earned his position there. So if we look at the top ten uh, right now, this is how it stands. So old Christian Eking is of course in the lead. Guillaume Martin uh, is second. Primoz Roglic is third. Mass fourth. And Lopez, uh, Miguel Angel Lopez fourth. Jack Haig is sixth. Yep. Egan Bernal seventh. And Adam Yates is eighth. The winner of the Vuelta should come from that top eight. Yes, it will come. No. It yeah. will come. Yeah. I don't think it'll come anywhere outside there. Gracie, I don't think there's anyone outside that top eight, eight really. Sepp Kuss as a real outside because he'll he'll be a plan B if Roglic fails. Yeah, I don't think it's going to change too much. I think we might see a few people drop out of the top 10 possibly because uh, we saw from the last night stage there's been some big crashes and people are hurting. So they're tired and they're getting injured now, which can really rock you and affect how you're going to ride. And I'm pretty sure that um, Mars was one of the riders that came down in last night's stage pretty heavily. Um, so you never know how people are going to react to that type of thing as well. So I'd say it's more likely to see people dropping out of the top 10 than the actual positions changing by nature of the climbs. Yeah, There's yeah, a good yeah. comment here from uh, from Julie, if I can uh, bring it on screen. Uh, she said, uh, Odd would just be happy to get eight days in the red to get eight jerseys for all his teammates. Oh, that's yeah. how good that's of a man he is. He ate, well, he was <laughs> even buying some, as we said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but that's more for the times. family. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's it's a pretty cool story. Yeah, um, 100%. Look, it's time to look at the jerseys and all the standings. And who else than Belinda could do a recap of the jerseys? Let's talk jerseys. Well, first up, the sprint jersey. Obviously, Fabio Jakobsen added points to his sprint point collection last night, taking the stage win on his birthday, no less. But I hope he gave the presents to his teams because they're going to have to piggyback him to the mountains if he wants to hold on to green until the end. Team classification. Go team. Uh, no one seems interested. All right. Most combative. Let's talk about that. Now, my Spanish is a bit rusty, but I think it means that I saw a Spaniard at the front of the race. That's the only way I can explain why Danny Navarro, who was combative in crashing into Sepp Van Mark, got it over Jay Vine, the Australian who I'm convinced eats concrete with his wheat fix for breakfast. He was combative with the team car, the road, the brake, taking third on the stage. I would have given him the award. King of the mountains. Well, Roman Bardet proving he is all class, rising to the top, getting my balloon award. He is 
has a firm grip on the King of the Mountains classification. Good luck, Caruso, getting it. I uh, hope it's not a deflating experience, Roman. And, of course, the red jersey classifications. Well, it's firmly on the shoulders of the King of La Vuelta, Odd Christian I King, but will his rivals put him to the sword in the mountains? And will Roglic's biggest fight be against Movistar, Ineos, Jack Haig, or himself? Ah, all to play for in the mountains. Get excited, Couch Peloton. Absolutely. Excited. I think, I think, I uh, think she's gone bonkers. She, <laughs> yeah, Belinda, like the rest of us, needs a good sleep at the end of this Vuelta. Um, <laughs> How about the props? Yeah. I'm loving the props. The sword, that's just... I think we named her queen of the props. I think if you guys agree, just give a comment here. She would love it. Love She's it. queen of love the your props. Love Absolutely. Okay. Somebody else we haven't spoken or we haven't had in this program that much is Jay Vine. Yeah. We talked a lot about, about him. We've Vine. tried. We tried. Yeah, yeah, we tried. We, yeah. we succeeded. Yeah, we succeeded. yeah, we did. Uh, Here's a little three minutes. So, okay, it's very chilled out. You can sit back, you know, and enjoy chill with Jay Vine but he goes back and talks about his last two weeks and how he's feeling right now Jay Vine you know after the crash I um I couldn't really I, when, when I hit the ground it was like pure shock of no that didn't just happen did it <laughs> um and all I can remember is trying to trying to get going again but not actually physically being able to um like my leg was just in pure agony where my knee was um and it's amazing how the the wave of pain <laughs> comes over you in different parts of your body at different times like the first thing to like scream out in pain were my hands and I've, I've got like no cuts on them. Like I've got like two small grazes on my thumb and on my palm. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. The support um, after stage 14 has been pretty incredible. Um, you know, I didn't think I really did anything that anyone else wouldn't have done. So um, it's a bit, it's, it's nice. Um, especially after being an unfortunate uh, miscommunication with the car. Um, but, you know, I didn't really want to waste the opportunity. I, you know, I had really good legs. Um, I put myself in the best possible position, I thought, to get a stage win for that day. So I wanted to really try and see what I could do. Um, obviously, there was probably a few percentage points missing. <laughs> Um, as we started that climb after my, my chase back, um, some of those, like there wasn't much of a sit and I really did have to motivate those groups to get back, um, to the, to the, the Bardé group in the front, but it was lucky that the group, the breakaway had attacked each other because then there were stepping stones to catch other riders and then bridge back across. So, yeah, there were positives and negatives about the situation. Yeah, apart from the bruising, um, the legs feel not too bad. Um, so, you know, we're going into day 17. Yeah, the legs are feeling relatively okay, which is good Good signs. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see how this final week goes. 
Oh, guys, when I saw him crash into the car, I gasped. It was awful. I never like to see stuff like that. And it can actually happen really easily. I've been in situations like that where you've, I've not crashed, but I probably nearly would have. Uh, and it's, you just have your heart in your mouth. But after all this time talking about Jay, Christoph, it's actually really nice to hear him speak. And apart from being super relaxing, maybe he should do audiobooks. Um, he comes across <laughs> as quite a humble guy and he, he sounded like he really thought about it tactically when he got back up and was, you know, trying to race for the win. Yeah, 100%. And it's, it's so nice to, to hear from him. And, and my, massive uh, kudos to Jamie from our team, uh, but also to Brie, uh, Jay's wife, who uh, actually incidentally writes some uh, articles for the, the Cycling Central uh, website as well. But Brie got us those uh, footage and it was hard to get uh, to get this. So uh, you, only you guys have had uh, access to Jay Vine. And you're right. Audiobooks with Javine. This is a business. I know. It's a business idea. I know. <laughs> it's it's a different breed. Do you even notice, um, like you've only really just stepped out of the sport, Gracie, but um, I feel like it's this it's the it's this new breed, the new breed coming through in cycling. And is it the same in the women's peloton? They certainly are different to the generation that's retiring and obviously a lot different to the generation prior to that. It's this new, improved breed of cyclists, I think, that they just take it all in their stride. I think Zwift has had a lot to do with it, um, but just having Garmin's and Wahoo's and all of the data collection devices that we've been using for many years now, but being able to know what you should be pushing um, to be at that World Tour level, I think we're getting these quite... Uh, quiet, starter-interested athletes. They're not interested in drinking all the time. They just want to, you know, knuckle down and focus on the one percenters. And, Maka, you would have been around in that era that, you know, people would be probably drinking a whole bottle of wine after every stage of a ground tour. And you just can't get away with that anymore. (laughs) Not much has changed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. You're just not writing anymore. (laughs) No, it's you're spot on. No, I think you've hit it on the head. It's that, yeah, it's... A real sort of thought process driven athlete, isn't it? Definitely. Um, but in terms of that crash, I think a lot of people might have uh, said, oh, it's because he's a Zwift athlete. He doesn't have the skills to be competent in a, a World Tour bunch. And I would disagree with that. Like a lot of the riders coming through these Zwift academies now, they're, they're chosen quite carefully. They do have road experience. They race locally. Oh, nationally, they have a lot of experience on the road, not just on the trainer. And they, I'm not sure about the COVID changes, but they'll have to go to a training camp with that team too. So the team has got eyes on these riders to know if they're really going to make it in the bunch or not, and uh, not just yeah. based on their numbers. Yeah, yeah I couldn't agree with you more because that that has come up in discussion already. And, and actually, and go, I completely kibosh that. But go back to the podcast we had yesterday with uh, Mitch Docker because he talks a lot about these changes in in generation. Yeah, yeah. And how how he lived through it because he's still in it and he saw those young guys coming. And I mean, there's a funny quote where he gave uh, advice to uh, Marcus, Jai, no, Jai Hindley, Jai Hindley, yeah. and then Jai was putting at the front like mad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so, but that's no, true. I mean, and the other thing too, Gracie. You and I both know some of the best and and um, bike handlers in the world have had crashes similar to Jay's. Yeah. It's just an accident. It just happens when you're trying to descend it. Well, you you know he was probably doing that sixty kilometers an hour switching bins. Sometimes you just have an accident, and it's an unfortunate one. But he's fine. 
Yeah, he's fine. the good thing is he's, he's, he's okay. fine and he's chilled. He's tough. But will he be chilled about the stage coming up tonight? Oh, he'll be pumped. Uh, yeah, he'll be pumped. Yeah, maybe not chilled, yeah, pumped, yeah. 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 Let's have a look at uh, how this uh, stage looks. Uh, it looks a bit like a, you know, a, a denture. <laughs> it's, it's, Do you say a denture? The first two climb, well, not the first two, the second and third climb, so that the first of the three big ones, it's the same climb. They do it twice. Okay. And then, of course, the mythical yeah. Lagos de Covadonga. I, I like the accent. Mythical. Mythical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you say mythical, it's special. It's like Mont Ventoux. Exactly. Well, like Ventoux is mythical, isn't it? Um, this is a... It's it's a tricky climb because there's some super steep pinches and then it flattens out, super steep pinches. It's a really... I haven't seen too many climbs like this, Gracie. It's uh, it's classic northern Spain climbs. They like the Angulu. It's... Uh, yeah, this is going to be a tricky one. It, look, it looks awful to me. I would have hated it as a cyclist. It's not my jam at all. But it's certainly going to make for great viewing tonight with the GC battle. It looks super steep in sections. It looks super steep for the whole bloody way, I'm going to say. But uh, mm. I think it's going to really test the legs of everyone. Everyone's tired now. No one's fresh. So mm -hmm. it's an interval session without... They don't even have to attack much to make it hard because it's just steep pitch after steep pitch. That's what's going to break people, I think. And there, there will be attacks on top of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know who right. can win this one? I think, or we can actually go far. It's Roman Bardet. Yeah, he can. He yeah. can. He take. And you know what? He can win it from the break. Definitely, mm -hmm. how he did the other day. But I actually think oh. he's going well enough to win it yeah. from the peloton yeah. potentially. Let's listen to him, Romain Bardet, about tonight. There are two really big, uh, big days coming up, so yeah, hopefully it will be good tomorrow. It's hard to say because, yeah, I think everyone starts really to feel the fatigue. I know the briefing uh, will be done only tomorrow morning, but what is the plan really for, the, for you, for this KOM uh, goal, for the other goals? Yeah, well, honestly, uh, I have no idea. We'll try to recover from today and uh, we'll see. Uh, I will have to check first the, 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 the parkour with the, the climb and the, the average and then try to elaborate. Hey Gracie, question for you: Poker face or not for Romain Bardet? You cannot tell me Romain is entering the third week of the Vuelta, not knowing about those two climbs. Honestly, all I can think about is Belinda's blue balloon and him feeling a bit <laughs> deflated about that's what he's chasing. <laughs> so yeah, definitely a poker face. Um, he seems like he's getting better in the tour. So, uh, like you said. He could go for the stage win tonight. Uh, yet to be seen whether that will be from a break or from the peloton. Um, I think that a breakaway has a lot of opportunity today to get away. Um, so I'd say if there is a break going, he's going to try and be in it. Yeah, yeah and, I, and, and Micah, I'd say, is the big challenger for that polka dots. This is where, uh, the, where, this is where the challenge is. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Every um, stage is, of course, live on SBS uh, Viceland and SBS On Demand and via the Tour Tracker. And way earlier today. Oh, we uh, I brought in my packed dinner. I, I, I was organised. I was yeah. surprised. Yeah, I'm, I'm super organised tonight. <laughs> I know. I've got my jacket, got my packed in to put in the microwave. He's on, mate. 8.10, I believe we are on the tracker. 9, I've got it here. 9.35 on Viceland and On Demand. So... We've got you covered, Couch Peloton. It's going to be a big one. brilliant, brilliant stage. Absolutely. Tonight, tomorrow, the two stages not to miss. Thank you, Gracie, to, uh, uh, for joining us today in a, in a Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Thanks, guys, and good luck tonight, Maka. Thank you. And, um, yeah, keep those Ugg boots on, wrap a blanket <laughs> around you, settle in.
<laughs> Will do. Uh, thank you Michael thank you thank you very much this was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast and uh, before we go let me remind you that you can uh, download stream or subscribe to this podcast on our website sbs.com.au slash cycling central or log a ride with our friends at Zwift the Vuelta is nowhere near finished so we'll be here same place same time tomorrow but until then it's bye for now before we go, a quick word from our sponsors with La Vuelta is all about climbing. So why not try Geraint Thomas's athlete workout? Fun is flying uphill. A great pillar of any climbing is muscular endurance. And believe me when I say that's what you'll get. Testing yourself on training plans alongside world-class cyclists is what makes Zwift so exciting. I can't wait to show my mates the fitness I've been able to build at home. All you need is a bike, trainer and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Right on.